So this morning, I'm beginning week two in my series called Rest in Peace, or as I like to say, RIP. And as I told you last week, Rest in Peace comes from something that basically, why they put it on tombstones, why you see it in cemeteries is because there's this thought that the only way you're going to rest in peace is when you're dead. (laughs) Because there's no busyness, there's no sense of of stress or anxiety, you're dead, right? And so for me, I thought, well, this would be a great idea to call this series Rest in Peace or RIP because I want to learn to rest in peace now before I'm dead, amen? (laughs) And what I said last week is a lot of us in here are busy. Like if I were to ask you, how are you doing, the first thing that would come out of your mouth is, I'm busy. Like how many of us would say that is our lives right now, that we're busy? And we do that with a sense of pride, right? We like wear the fact that we're busy on our sleeve and we're proud of that because when we're busy, that means we're doing things, right? It means that we're actively doing things. We're not lazy. We're not couch potatoes. We got a purpose and ultimately that purpose is for our lives as we are busy is we're building our own kingdoms and that's where it's bad. Like I said, we have our kid kingdom, our relationship kingdom, our work kingdom, we have all these things that we're busy, busy, busy doing, which are not really ultimately bearing fruit for the kingdom, and that's God's kingdom. And so I really feel like that God has placed on my heart that we need to talk about as a church about how not to be busy, but how to be rested, rested. And that's so important. And as I preach this, I'm not preaching it at you or down to you. I am preaching this to myself because I need myself to learn how to rest And what's going to happen is if we don't understand how to rest, we're ultimately going to burn out. And we're going to be no good to anybody. Not just God, but to our families and to ourselves, to our jobs, the things that we do have that we need to do in this life. And so it's so important that we need to know how to rest. And what I said, there's three types of rest, right? There's spiritual rest, there's mental rest, and there's also physical rest. And the most important thing is how to spiritually rest. And what I said to you is spiritual rest ultimately is going to Jesus, spending time with him, actively engaging him, and then being still before him. It's cultivating that relationship that we as believers have with him. And I think we go through life and we forget about the fact that he's there, he's right there with us, and he wants us to spend time with him. It's as simple as that, as we as believers need to take our walk with him more seriously. And especially in the times that we live in, right? It's so important. So if we're not cultivating that relationship with Jesus and having that spiritual time with him to be able to spiritually rest, then what suffers is our mental rest and also our physical rest. And if we're not mentally rested or physically rested, the vice versa happens, we're not going to spiritually rest. Because that time goes away because we're so busy. And if we had any free time at all, it's going to be just for ourselves, right? So we got to have that spiritual rest. And again, that spiritual rest is the most important, which leads into this. The mental rest is what I want to talk about today. Mental rest. Everybody say this with me. I have the mind of Christ. That is spiritual and mental rest. When we are connected to the mind of Christ... And we have the mind of Christ. 
And Paul mentions this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is what I'm going to start out with today. Beginning in verse 14, he says this. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. Do we have any natural people in here? Oh, okay, we do. <laughs> no, we are not, as believers, we are not natural people, right? We accept the things of the Spirit of God. But the natural person does not, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Amen? Man, what Paul is saying here is the world is foolish. The world has foolish thinking. And see, the natural people, those that are not in Christ, have this foolish thinking. But guess what? Don't be all high and mighty because guess what that foolish thinking does? Sometimes it intrudes our thoughts. Am I right? The world's thinking intrudes our thinking. And that's where that mental unrest happens. And what Paul is saying here is the world is trying real hard to say that God's thinking is wrong, but our thinking is right. Who can instruct the mind of Christ? Nobody. But we as believers, we're supposed to have the mind of Christ. We're supposed to be the black against the white. We are the ones that are, are truly living and working for Jesus. And if we don't have the mind of Christ, then that foolish thinking starts to invade our minds. And that's where the battle is. Ultimately, that's where it is. And so I'm not just naturally, as I, as I believe in Jesus, as I follow him, that mind does not naturally come to me. Okay, it's not like God pulls out your mind and puts in a new mind. It's one of those things that we actually have to work at, the mind of Christ. Amen? And the only way that we're going to have the mind of Christ is if we are spiritually rested. In other words, we're spiritually connected to him, that we're engaged with him, that we have that time with him so that we can hear from him. And then over time, as we follow Jesus, as we are, as the Bible says, going through sancti sanctification, that mind of Christ is more and more developed. And so then we're able to fight against the world's thinking. So we have the mind of Christ. And that today is what I want to talk about. So let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you so much for everybody that's here, everybody that's watching online. I thank you that we're going to learn today how to be mentally rested. As stress, anxiety is developed in us because of the worldly thinking, because of the assaults of the enemy on our minds, that we're going to know today as we leave how to fight against that, how to wage war against what the devil is doing in our minds so that our mind is fully developed in Christ Jesus. And Father, I just want to thank you for that right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Every one of us in here is dealing with a battle in our minds. And for me, I'll, I'll give you kind of a peek of one thing that's going on in my mind that I'm having to battle on a daily basis. And some of you in here know my testimony. You know that when I was in grade school, kindergarten through 12th grade, I was bullied. And I was picked on for the, through the most developmental years of my life. And what has happened out of that is I have, I have actually believed a lie that I am worthless, that I am nothing, that nobody wants to hear anything from me, nobody likes me, if you will. That I, I've had to learn to overcome that in my own strength 
by performing. That the more awards and accolades and the things that, that I do to, to achieve, those things start to define who I am, to overcome this sense that I am worthless and I'm no good. Because that's what I thought. And even now, as I am now 49 years old and now pastor in a church, those things still come at me. And this thought that I'm not liked, nobody cares about me, I'm worthless, those kind of thoughts are almost on repeat in some way every day. And I'll admit this to you, and I feel like it's perfectly okay for you to know this, and for you all, if you need to, to do this, is I'm in therapy. I see somebody several times a month just to talk some things out because I'm having to learn to walk through this. And it's not my first primary way of overcoming this thought life. I've had to go to the word. Obviously, that's God's word is primary and how we fight these things that come against us in our minds. But secondarily, I go to somebody and talk some of these things out because I have got to overcome this stronghold. And what we're going to see here in a minute is every one of us has some sort of stronghold in our minds. And some of us won't admit it, but we do. Because you are in this thing called the flesh. And the flesh is a target for the enemy. And so we're going to get into 2 Corinthians chapter 10. If you want to turn in there right now, I'm going to give you three things to be mindful of. In order to fight, in order to be able to mentally rest. These three, three things are very, very important. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 beginning in verse 3. The very first thing that I want you to know is that we're at war. If you're a believer and you're following Jesus, you're at war. Every one of us is at war. And this is what Paul says about it. He says, but though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. So what he's saying here without really saying it is we're waging a war. And even though we walk in the flesh, in other words, we're in this dirt suit called flesh, the war that we're fighting is not a physical war. This is a spiritual war that we're fighting. And he even said that we're not waging war according to the flesh, which means I'm not picking up a physical weapon to fight this war. This is a war that I'm having to fight spiritually, which goes back to why spiritually rest, being rested, is so important. So what we need to know, the very first thing, is we need to know that we're in a war. So what kind of war is this? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, Paul writes this. He says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers, over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil, in the heavenly places. So he says, we do not wrestle. That means there's an active engagement happening on a daily basis. That we're wrestling with these spiritual forces. This is from the devil. The message version is even better. I like this. It says this, and that about wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you well-made weapons of the best materials and put them to use so that you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no weekend war 
that we'll walk away from, from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps. A life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. The devil's agenda is at work. We have an enemy, and I've said this before, that has had many, many years to observe the human race. God's, God's prized creation. That's us. And he's observed us and knows everything about us and knows how to fashion weapons against us. And as Paul says here, this is a lifelong battle. This is a war where the enemy has a campaign and another campaign and another campaign that comes against your thinking. If we are unable to fight this war effectively, then we're not going to be able to mentally rest. So some of the things that we're stressing over, some of the things that we're anxious over, some of the things that, that are rolling around in our minds are placed there by the enemy to disrupt our walk, to disrupt our spiritual discernment, to try to keep us from moving forward in the things that God wants us to do. So there's five things to know about the war if you're taking notes. Five things about this war. The first one is the war is waged in our minds. The second thing is the war is not physical but spiritual at its roots. The third thing is the war is not with flesh and it's not fighting against flesh. The fourth thing is the war is lifelong with multiple campaigns. And the fifth thing is the war can be a drain if we're not spiritually rested. Spiritual rest is important. If our mental rest is a spiritual war, that means our mental rest is very dependent on our spiritual rest. So we're having to fight this war mentally and the spiritual rest is so important that we're able to stand up and fight mentally against this war. Paul goes on in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, he says, For the weapon of our warfare are not of the flesh. So what is our weapons? Our weapons are spiritual. Our weapons are weapons that are developed as we spend time with Jesus. Our weapons are developed so that we have the mind of Christ. And again, how do we do that? Well, we go to Jesus. We spend time with him. We actively engage with him. And we're still before him. So what are the weapons? So as I'm spending time spiritually with Jesus, the things that I'm getting from him in my, in my prayer time, the things that I'm getting in my secret place time, the things that I'm getting in my prayer closet time, the things that I'm getting in my time studying in the word, those are the things that I take, that I meditate on, and as I go through my life, as the enemy throws things at me, as the world throws things at me, I'm able to overcome. I'm able to repel those things. So my question to you is, when was, the, when was the last time you spent time with Jesus and what was the last thing you heard from him? Usually that's the thing that I like to meditate on. And what happens, my thinking becomes his thinking. My mind becomes his mind. For his ways and his thoughts are much higher than mine. Amen? So as I'm, as, I'm, as I'm meditating on what he says, then I'm not making any room for anything the enemy throws at me. What was the last verse that you've read in the Bible that has stood out to you that you've been meditating on? That's another thing. Maybe you're saying, well, I haven't really heard something directly from God. But as I spend time in his word... There's something that just jumped out at me. There's a verse that, that I feel like was meant for me. 
And that's the thing that you can meditate on as well. Psalm 145 verse 1 is mine right now. That I will exalt you, my God and my King, and I will praise your name forever. That's just something that he's laid on my heart as I've been reading through his word. So I take that and that's what I meditate on. So as things are coming at me, that is what I go to. It doesn't necessarily have to be something that is directed to that thought. But just the fact that it's God's word that I'm meditating on is all I need to be able to repel any bad thought that comes into my mind. A worship song. Is there a worship song that you're currently listening to that you feel like is really something that God wants you to, to sing to him? For me, there's an old one that I have right now that I'm meditating on that I actually sing in my own time. It's called I Will Exalt You by Hillsong Worship. So that song is just on repeat in my head. And if I get something that that strikes me, that I feel like is coming against me from the enemy, that's what I'm going to sing. Here's my question is, and I don't mean this to be pointing the fingers, but do you take your walk seriously with Jesus? Do you have this secret place time with him? And listen, that is something that I'm having to really make an effort at. And it's funny because last week I publicly said to you all, that I was going to use my lunch time to be able to do that. And when I said that, guess what happened last week? All these things started popping up that were trying to take my attention away from me over lunch. And so I had to make some adjustments and spend time with them at different time during the day. And that's okay. I expected that, to be honest with you. But how seriously do we take our personal time with God? That is where... That mind, the mind of Christ, is developed. So if you don't have that time, then this mental unrest that you're experiencing right now is because of it. The more that you have that time, the less mental unrest you're going to have. The more you have that time, every time that you get something that you know is not your thought and you know it's not God's thought, the more you're going to be able to repel that. So step two, we have to develop the mind of Christ. And that's only going to come during your secret place time with Jesus. He goes on in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, Paul says this, that these weapons have divine power to destroy strongholds. And as I said, because he calls this out, I believe every one of us in here are dealing with some sort of stronghold. There's something up here. For me, it's... You're worthless. You're no good. You're not going to amount to anything. You think God has called you to be a pastor. What are you thinking? You know, all these things that I'm having to deal with, these, these things that continue to repeat itself. But what Paul is saying here is that we have divine power to destroy strongholds. That the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they're going to come from the Holy Spirit. To give us that divine power to destroy those types of strongholds. He goes on in verse 5. He says this. So we have these weapons. He says we use them to destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And to take every thought captive to obey Christ. So what are these arguments? What are these lofty opinions? These are things, again, that are from the devil, that are from the world, that are coming against God's thinking. And they're coming against us. 
And what Paul is saying is we have the ability to destroy these arguments and these lofty opinions with the spiritual weapons that we develop with our time spending with Jesus. What are these arguments? I, I think that some of us, the reason why we have mental unrest is we're busy arguing what we think with, is with ourselves. And what we're arguing against these thoughts is we're arguing against the enemy as it's trying to take our mind captive. What are these lofty opinions? These lofty opinions are things that are indirectly coming at us. So from what we're watching on television, the news that we watch, the things that we see on social media, the things that people say, these are just lofty opinions. These are things that are lobbed at us from the world that are not God's thinking. So as we're standing and as we're attempting to have this mental rest, it's very, very important, again, that we have time with Jesus to be able to develop these weapons so that we can destroy these arguments and lofty opinions that are coming against us. Philippians chapter 4 is where I'm going to go to next. Is this making sense to everybody? Philippians chapter 4 is where I want to go next. This is a very familiar passage. And what Paul is going to say here is he's basically going to give us the example of what it means to be spiritually rested. And he begins in verse 4. He says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And what will happen? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So this attitude of rejoicing in Jesus this attitude of knowing that the Lord is with you, this attitude of knowing that if I'm with him and I'm spending time with him, then this anxiousness, this stress, this mental unrest is going to go away as I am making my prayers known to him, as I am giving him thanks, as I am praising him, then what happens supernaturally is these weapons are starting to be developed in me where the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There's something that I want to focus on on, the, on verse 7 real quick before I move on. This surpasses all understanding. I think a lot of our mental unrest, a lot of our, our peace that has been taken away from us by the enemy happens because when things happen to us, we're so busy asking God, why? Why did this happen to us? Why am I going through this right now? Why is this, this thought process developed in my mind? Why am I having to experience trials and tribulations? Why is my health not good? Why, why, why? And if I'm honest with you, I've been there. To where my spiritual time, my spiritual rest is not necessarily being developed the way it should be because I'm spending so much time Asking God why. So for some of you, some of you might know this. I'm going to give this testimony real quick. But three years ago, I injured myself. I ended up getting a double hernia. So I had to get that repaired surgically. And for three years after that, I experienced chronic pain. 
every day was a battle for me. And the more that I went through it, the more I found myself continually asking why. God, why did this happen? Why did this happen to me? Why am I still in pain? Why is this not fixed? You know, I've been standing on your word and believing that by Jesus' stripes I am healed. And that this pain is going and, and, and that many are afflictions of the righteous man, but you have delivered me out of them all. And I've been standing and standing and standing. And, and one day what God just told me was, quit asking why. And just thank me. Thank me for what I've done in your life already. I've heard your prayer. I'm with you. The fact that I'm with you is what should bring you peace. Not that your situation has been completely resolved. And it goes back to me trusting in him. And so all of a sudden the weapon that was developed in me was no longer asking why, but just being grateful that he is with me. And as the enemy continues to pound me on, you're not healed, you're never going to get healed, you're not going to feel good, you're going to continue to be in pain, the more I just say, nope, that's bunk. No, I just trust Jesus. He's with me every step of the way, and that's all I need to know. And I'll give you a praise report. I'm not feeling a whole lot of pain anymore. I'm not. And I praise God for that. And because of that peace... Man, he's, he's led me to a physician that's been helping me kind of deal with this pain. And I've had some solutions to help me on the physical end of it. But more importantly, the mind of Christ was developed. And I've been able to stand and be able to see that it's not about the feeling. It's about just trusting that God is with me through everything. And that alone gives me that peace. So maybe the word today for you all is to quit focusing on the why and just focus on praising him. Just focus on spending an intimate time with Jesus, and that spiritual weapon will be developed to where you can repel what the enemy is throwing at you. That's a huge deal. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. So 4 through 7, Paul is explaining how, really, how to develop the mind of Christ, how to have that spiritual rest, how to experience the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. And this is what you're going to do when those thoughts come at you. He says this in verse 8. He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Well, how am I going to know what these things are? Well... You're spending time in the word, right? You're spending time worshiping Jesus. You're spending time being still before him and listening. He's going to give you things that you can think about that are lovely, commendable, excellent, pure, just, honorable, and obviously, obviously truth, right? So these are the things that we're going to get. So he says in verse 9, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and again, the God of peace we will be with you. And there is your mental rest, God's peace being with you. So spiritual rest, as I said last week, spiritual rest is making time for God to move in your life every day. And when that happens, then all of a sudden you're going to have the weapons to be able to stand 
against what the enemy is throwing at you. And so mental rest is when we develop the mind of Christ from our spiritual rest. You see how it ties together. So remember, the three things that I want you to remember is this. Be alert. Know you're at war every waking moment. From the moment that you wake up to the time you go to bed at night, you're in this war. You have to know that. We cannot be naive to the fact that we as believers, as we're walking through life and following Jesus, that it's always peaceful. No, we're constantly battling things that are coming into our minds. So know that you're at war. The second thing is make sure that we develop the weapons of our warfare by spiritually resting in Jesus. That's probably the most important thing. Because I think the more you do that, the more you're going to be able to stand against this world and against the thoughts of the enemy. And the third thing is use the weapons to destroy any argument that comes into your mind. Every lofty opinion that's thrown at you by the world through, through media, through the news, through whatever. That could form strongholds. And then you'll be ready to tear down those strong, strongholds. That's so important. So that we're able to mentally rest. If everybody would please stand. We're going to have an extended time of worship here at the end. This is an opportunity that if you're not mentally rested, if you're not spiritually rested, I wanted to give you this opportunity so that we could go ahead and recenter ourselves on Jesus. If you are dealing with something right now that's forming a mental stronghold in your mind and you know it's an assault of the devil on your thinking, then I want to see your hands. If you would raise your hands. And I see it. Wow, there's a lot of hands that are in the air. Thank you for being honest. I believe today is the day that God, through this time of worship, is going to give you the weapons to stand I believe deliverance is going to happen here mentally. And as we connect, as we're worshiping God, that mind of Christ is going to be further developed. Most importantly this morning, I also want to ask, if you have never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's where it starts. If you want to begin to develop the mind of Christ, but you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, And today is an opportunity to do that. 26 years ago, I had to raise my hand in front of a thousand people to receive Jesus. It was extremely humbling for me to admit that I'm a sinner, to admit that I need the Savior, to admit that I wasn't walking with God. But God impressed upon me to do it. And because of that, I'm standing here today. And because of that, I know that I have eternal life in heaven. And because of that, I know that I have a relationship now with God. If you're in here this morning or if you're watching online, then what I'm going to ask you to do is something very brave. And again, I wouldn't ask anybody to do anything that I haven't had to do. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand this morning. If you need to receive Jesus, I'm asking you to raise your hand this morning. Let me see you. That's you this morning. 
Maybe you're here this morning and you know you've walked away from Jesus. You're like, Pastor, I can't remember the last time that I've actually spent time with Jesus. I can't remember the last time that I've actually connected with him in order to develop these weapons you're talking about because I've been so far away. And that's you this morning. I'm also going to ask you to raise your hand. And you recommit your life to Jesus. Come back. He's waiting with open arms for you. If that's you this morning. And last but not least, what I'm going to ask is you have never been filled with the Holy Spirit. That is speaking with other tongues. You might have heard people praying around you in a different language. It sounds kind of weird, but it's the Holy Spirit. It's called speaking in tongues. And it's this gift that is promised to us. It's the Holy Spirit. He comes upon us for power. It's also the power to be able to fight that mental war that maybe you're fighting. It's the power to be able to follow Jesus more powerfully. And if you have any questions about it, listen, I did. I had a lot of questions about the gift of the Holy Spirit. If that's you and you want to receive the infilling, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, ability to speak in other tongues, then I'm going to also ask you to raise your hand and we will have people pray for you. We'll have people give you more information so you can make an informed decision. And if that's you this morning. Praise God. I want to go ahead and pray. Father, I just want to thank you right now for everybody that's in this room. Father, I thank you that as we move forward into this week, that because of you and and this time that we're going to spend worshiping you, that we're going to be able to fight off anything that comes into our minds to create mental unrest. Father, I thank you as we learn this, as we actively engage you, that you're going to use us mightily even more. And Father, we just thank you for this right now, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.